Welcome to WebRush, the weekly talk show that brings you stories of real-world development from industry experts and developers like you and me. Each week, Ward Bell, Dan Walleen, Craig Shoemaker, and John Papa find out what it takes to write, deploy, and maintain apps that stand up to the demands of the real world. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to Web Rush. This is episode 244. And my name is John Pop, along with my co-hosts, Ward Bell and Dan Walleen. And today, our topic is all about some new cool stuff that's come out in the JavaScript web framework world. Angular 16 was released about, about a month ago, the time of this recording. Uh, and they kind of had a big celebration at the biggest Angular conference, NGConf. And we're going to talk about what was announced, what's new, uh, kind of get our, our first initial reactions from this crew about what it means to the web development industry. Um, you know, what are we excited about? What are we kind of like, meh, on? And uh, maybe where you can find some more information on these things. And I think the person who wanted to have this conversation, which I thought was fascinating too, is Ward Bell, because Ward, this was the first ng-conf you did not go to, I believe. Is that right? I've been to all of the others. And uh, I'm I'm really sad that I've missed one. Uh, I'm looking forward to going next year. Uh, so, like many others who can't attend, I'm curious what uh, you guys th- thought about about the conference. Um, uh, and in particular, you know, because a lot of a lot of other things have been happening this last year, in- including a significant uh, you know, over the last year or so, turnover of the key players. Um, and some of the key players who have arrived, like last year, have now had more time. So uh, a lot, I expect, will have changed. Uh, and, and the key players, you mean the, the uh, Google Angular team, right? The Google players, that's right. Yeah. The, yeah. the Google Angular team has evolved, and uh, both with new people and with people who have have gotten their feet under them uh, in their new roles, even though they may have been there a long time. Uh, There's a different buzz. Uh, I mean, I can tell this through other channels, but here was, um, it's a coming out party for Angular 16, and the chance to sort of see what, um, what the, you know, where this where this is going, and also what was uh, the conference like. So, uh, Give us your your top impressions. It was fun, as usual. It's still one of my favorite conferences, although Ward, it wasn't the same without you there. Had several people ask, where's Ward, of course, and um, I didn't have the outfit to match what you bring to the table. So that was a letdown to everyone, I think. But uh, hopefully next year we'll get you there. No, it was... Uh, I think my favorite thing about ng-conf is some conferences I go to, you know, it, it almost feels like you're just off in your own little la-la land and nobody really wants to talk that much unless maybe you go sit down at a lunch table. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes you have to like really go out of your way. ng-conf is not one of those conferences. Um, I don't know. I've found it where lots and lots of people want to talk um, if you are willing to, you know, stir up a conversation. So that's one of my favorite things. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, you know, you had the normal talks in the one room, which I also really like, because for those that haven't been, it's one big ballroom 
and all the talks are there. So every talk is almost like a keynote talk, you could say. Yeah, it's one thing I like about Angular, AngieConf, is that it's like basically a couple days of keynotes, right? All the sessions are 20 minutes. It's short, compact, straight to the point. And everybody's in one big room, which to me, I like it. I don't have to decide like <laughs> which session am I going to? Well, and I was going to say, I, I like it because of, uh, it just brings a different energy into the you know, room because sometimes you go to some other conferences and there's a lot of good conferences. Don't get me wrong, but this is just one of my favorites because of this. And it's because <clears throat> a lot of times you'll uh, do a breakout room and it's, it just doesn't have the same energy sometimes as when you get all these people in there and they're pretty excited about the topic. And now I will say, and I'll, I'll turn it over to you, John, since you were there too, but I will say and there's a big differentiator here. And that is, this is an angular conference. So everybody's there for one thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. What else? What do you have, John, as far as thoughts? Yeah, I think I have a couple different ways we can talk about this today. And um, I'm going to start with uh, my first take, probably the one we are most interested in are what is really new about Angular? And that was the big thing I went there for is this was the 10th Angular conference, uh, sorry, NGConf conference. Some were during COVID, so there's some were virtual. Um, but doing this for 10 years, I felt like Angular has gotten stale. Uh, not that it's gotten bad or anything, but that just not a lot of new exciting things to me were announced in the last couple of years. Uh, great, you redid the compiler. Great, you redid some undercovers things. It's kind of like when, you know, a new car comes out. And so Chevy's got a new, you know, whatever car coming out, Camaro. And, you know, they haven't really updated it, but they changed the headlights this year. Oh boy, who cares? You know, it's, it's like, what's actually going to change about this? And I felt like this year I went to find out first, do people really, what do people really want to know about Angular that are out there? How are they using it? What's changed there? Uh, and I'll tell you, the biggest answer I had for that was AI. Like every conversation I had was around AI with Angular and the web. And the second thing was, is the Angular team really evolving Angular in a new way that was more noticeable and interesting to me and to the audience? And I think that the easy answer to that short answer is yes. Are they doing the right things? I think that's for us to discuss today. But I do believe that they are making a very concerted effort to change the way Angular is moving forward versus I'm just taking a swag at this. The last three or four years, it felt like it was pretty much every version was just tweaking here and there as far as the usability of Angular. Now it feels like there are new features, there's new aspects, uh, it's easier to use, the development experience was getting better. Uh, I felt like those efforts are being made some of those I felt fell flat personally for me, and some of them I felt were really awesome. Uh, but that was my take on it. It's, uh, I do believe I got my answer. My question is, yes, people are still interested in Angular, and yes, the team is now taking a fresh new approach. Hey, Ward, you know, I was building an application the other day, and I pulled in this really cool UI component, but it brought along a lot of dependencies with it. How do you deal with that? I don't like that, John. Um, it reminds me uh, that the AG grid, which is a uh, an advanced uh, data, editable data table that we use in a lot of our enterprise apps because it, it addresses the complex scenarios we encounter. Um, AG Grid doesn't have any dependencies at all. Zero dependencies. Well, tell me, why, why is that good? Like, what is the value of having zero dependencies? Well, it's, it's wonderful not having to wonder if while I'm pulling that in, I'm also pulling jQuery in or Lodash or who knows what. 
uh, in part because that's extra stuff coming over the wire. It's extra files that I don't know what they're all about. Uh, it means when my client security team has to evaluate this, they're evaluating AG Grid and not everything else that might be slipping in under the covers or is something that we have to worry about there. Yeah, it's great to see this day and age, you can have a zero dependency library that does something like complex data grid functionality. So all of you out there, do check out AG Grid at their website at ag-grid.com. So, so uh, what are the things that um, were the big buzz about either the current release or the you know in the that are sort of in demonstration for a future re- release? Um, I mean, I have a list of things that I that I've been reading about, but I wonder if there were certain ones that were highlighted at the conference, and then we can get into what you think of them. Yeah. Well, let's let's dig right into the, the, you know, one that's the most obvious out there. You can't talk about Angular 16 without hearing something about signals these days. Uh, this new feature called signals. And this is one of the ones to me personally, which was like, eh, you know, I, I wasn't excited nor not excited. But it was I you can't deny that I think it felt like every other session <laughs> was about signals in some way. Um, there's a lot of hype about it, a lot of excitement. It feels interesting to me. I'm just not sure how this changes my programming landscape a whole lot yet. Um, it's kind of hard to call that a feature, isn't it? Um, uh, you know, I usually think of a feature as sort of something like kind of something new that the framework can do. This, yeah. uh, my reading of it is this changes the way you write your programs. Right, your, you know. Yeah, it's a reactive way to get values into your application, um, akin to getters and setters of days of old, right, Ward? Or knockout observables from 15 years ago. Well, a lot of it does, does remind me of knockout. Yeah, a lot yes. of it reminds me of knockout. <laughs> or reactivity in view, in the view framework, or... There's definitely a lot of overlap with knockout. Once you, once you go, once you say, you know what, I want, I want to write a, sig- a component using signals... Now you don't write that. You write that component almost entirely different way than you ever did before. Yeah. Yes. It's not like oh, here's an you know. It's not like oh, they added a router. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> this is okay. You used to. It's kind of a core framework feature. It's very core. Very core. Yeah, I agree. Uh, now before everybody freaks out out there, there's a a total commitment. That you, if you don't care, you don't have to change. The, the existing way of doing things is not going away. And number one, number two, it interoperates. So uh, if I have an existing big application and um, I, you know, and I want to have some part of it go in the signals direction, I can do that. Uh, and they, you know, I don't have to change anything about my existing application. I just have to start using the new thing. I think that was really an important commit. Those are important commitments. Absolutely. Because they're not reinventing the wheel entirely for the, because think of all those old apps out there and millions and millions of lines of code. It'd be a huge rewrite. And for our audience out there, uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of take a stab at giving you my interpretation of what signals is, what problem it's solving and what it does. Uh, but I want to make sure I put a call in here. Dan dropped a bunch of really good links into the doc uh, for our, our show notes on things you can read up on, especially a, a quick chart that he wrote on the Signals API, which I'll let him explain more of in a moment. But Signals to me is, again, my take, not what the Angular team is saying, but I heard this from other speakers at the event too. It's really trying to combat a couple things. 
people who have applications and are concerned with the amount of change detection going on in their applications. I heard that a lot, which again, my answer to that, and we've had this talk on this show here of, you know, I I don't have apps that have 1 million marbles bouncing on a screen. So I didn't have this (laughs) issue in the first place. Um, where it was too much change detection, but I can see it addressing it. The second thing I heard it uh, addressing more too was just, and hopefully being a simpler way, and I think this is definitely subjective, to actually track changes in properties and values. Uh, and then another thing I heard with signals was you could use this instead of RxJS, which I think is also subjective because I've seen a lot of counter arguments in places where it takes you more code to do it than RxJS. So there's a lot of discussion on like, where would you use this? Where wouldn't you? And the simple thing is, what the heck is signals? You create a signal. A signal is effectively uh, an object that creates, for example, let's say you've got a, a customer first name or a customer object. You create a signal of that thing. It's an object type of it. And then that's because you created a signal, you can update that signal, uh, change the signal. And anytime you bind to that signal, it'll automatically update itself on your Angular UI. So it's effectively think of it like getters and setters or reactivity on your page um, in a way to do some kind of change detection. Dan, anything to add to that? Yeah, I you know, your comment about uh, RxJS and stuff like that, because, you know, as far as I've played with signals are synchronous. And uh, so I'm, I'm interested in kind of seeing, because I've heard the same thing you heard of, well, I'll just use signals for everything. And I'm like, uh, will you, though? Um, you know, in like real apps, will you? Because I don't see signals being great with some scenarios, such as messaging, potentially. My, I'm, I'm with you, John. I, uh, we had this discussion with a couple people at, at the conference. I haven't had a problem with massive performance issues because I'm aware of some of the bad practices. Like I don't do a lot of function calls in my templates, for example, because, you know, add a console log into your function yeah, and be amazed at how many times it gets called because of the change detection. So, you know, like I'll, in that case, I'll typically resort to maybe a pipe or something or some other custom memoization where I do see it signals as being a, a big thing, even if you're not having performance problems is it, it will allow zones eventually. As of today, you can't do this yet. It's still preview. But uh, once it gets fully integrated with the uh, core, which is why, Ward, your comment was right on. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's very much a, it's a core concept framework feature, not so much a feature feature. I think it'll be one less thing to worry about with zone issues. Like uh, I'm working on a little side thing right now, and I get that dang uh, expression has been modified uh, error you've all seen, which is always tricky to track down. It basically means that, you know, it did the check and then something changed though, since it did the check. So you got to make it move forward to the next tick to get rid of that error. It's a development error. And I'm hoping some of those things just go away, but that does mean you're committing to signals. So that, you know, it's not like you just say first name equals John or Ward. Now it's first name equals signal in parentheses, John or Ward. So there's a little more work involved there. And, and there's those different functions that you mentioned, John. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you my nutshell on signals right now. And it's the same thing we talked about in our workshop, Dan, because Dan and I did a workshop there and people asked about it. We showed how it worked, et cetera. I'm not forward or against it at this point, but my biggest thing with any new technology, or and I am calling it a feature word because it's a new thing in Angular, I guess, but I, I don't know 
in the apps that I'm building, I don't know what would compel me to start using that or switch to it today. I, I haven't seen the thing that goes, yeah, I need to use this right now uh, as I'm building stuff. As a, hey, this is cool and I want to learn a new thing. It's fun. But I haven't seen that, wow, this unlocks potential for me yet. And you just don't want the shiny object, John? I mean, it's a shiny object. Come on. <laughs> I don't see it. Uh, you know, you, uh, we've talked offline about how I'm kind of concerned about it myself. Um, both, you know, from the community perspective, uh, as in now there are two ways. You know, the Angular is very fond of offering you two or more ways to do the same thing. <laughs> and this is certainly yet another in that. And, and you know, that I mean, how else is a... a a framework to evolve without while preserving yeah. backward compatibility. Uh, so I, I, uh, you know what? I don't begrudge that, um, but it's sure going to add uh, confusion to the, the community as they have to figure out, yes. am I working with a signal app or am I working with a traditional app? I look at this with the same exact problem that people with Vue have had when they went from Vue 2 to 3. And now they went away from the uh, the options-based framework to now they've got this reactivity-based framework. It's not that one's good or bad. It's now it's a different way of doing it. And it's all new stuff you got to learn. And React's gone through the same thing too, right? With yes. Use this, use that. You know what I'm talking about. Hooks and effects. And the yeah. hooks and, yeah. And the hooks, thank you. Uh, which everybody was excited about. And then people have begun to feel uh, ambiguous, ambivalent about uh, or at least ambivalent about certain parts of it. And now you've got, you know, uh, the whole mix there. And uh, it's, it's every framework face. But here's what I like, Ward. Uh, I mean, I think we're all on the same page of let, let's wait and see. And some of us more on the let's not <laughs> side. But what I like about this is kind of getting back to my original take. They're trying something new and different as far as usability of Angular. They're testing out features. They're looking at Vue and React and Svelte uh, and Solid and looking at other ways they could do things to possibly make improvements to the framework. That's the thing I liked. I didn't see a lot of that the last couple of years in Angular. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited that they're focusing on what could make a better development experience. And with that, I want to switch to some other things that they announced too, that they shared. Uh, I forgot the name of this one, Dan, so you, you can... Help me out. They had an RFC, which I also forget what RFC stands for. Request for comments. I don't know. Request for comments. Um, I think so. So yeah. it is. Okay. So basically, it's when the Angular team puts out there. Here's what we're thinking of doing. You guys go comment on it. It's a new feature. Effectively, when I looked at this feature, it's the if else syntax in HTML template syntax that Svelte is using today. Uh, so basically, it's a simpler. I, I call it simpler because you know I love Svelte way of actually implementing template syntax inside of Angular. And it's not actually in Angular yet, but it's like one of the features that think about RFC. They announced this right at the event. I like that they were doing this because I could absolutely see how it's not a it's not going to unlock new possibilities for me, but it's actually a simpler way to do template syntax, in my opinion. What did you think, Dan? Totally agree. Um, I, you know, one of the first things I ever started with was handlebars. When it came to you oh, know yeah. JavaScript templating, yeah. you guys remember that? I do. Yeah, Handlebars was like revolutionary when it first came out. Um, and it's by the way, the, the website's similar. still up. It still exists. It? I just yeah, it's I like drop it in the show. Handlebars.js.something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
syntax, it, it's a little different. Like you said, it's, I, I think they even, didn't they even acknowledge, yeah, we really like what Svelte's doing. So we, we're going to bring yeah. this in. Didn't they say that? Which I yes, respect actually. Um, I think it's called control flow, I believe. And yeah, I'm putting that in our show notes right now. Thank okay. you. I'm terrible and, names uh, as you all know. So <laughs> I am too. Uh, I am too, Dave. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Uh, what I really like about it, though, is uh, when I first got into Angular, I remember one of the things that confused me because I came from handlebars and uh, mustache. That was the other one, mustache. And uh, was, okay, when I put a loop on like a div, is it repeating the div or is it repeating the stuff in the div with Angular? I was always a little confused because it was always really clear with handlebars and mustache. This new syntax makes it super clear. Uh, so it gets rid of the star, you know, uh, what are those structural, right? Structural directives. I think we call it those doesn't use yeah. structural directives. They still live, but you don't use it for you this don't stuff. use yeah. them. Exactly. And I think that's actually something that will attract other developers because I, that star stuff was a little weird. You got to admit. Yeah. I, I like the syntax. And the other thing I liked that they shared too was, uh, and this was actually made good in our workshop and I had to refactor some code. There's now a new way to create some of the guards that are inside of uh, Angular. And while that was just a byproduct of the change they made, what they really were doing is, and they kept the old way, so if you have guards, they still work. Um, but there's a new way to do them is now is some of the things in Angular, you used to have to create a class that implemented an interface to, to use them. In a lot of cases, it was like creating a guard has an interface and the inter the whole purpose of the creating the class is it has an interface that has a single function, which has like two parameters and a return value. And it just seemed like a lot of overhead to create something. Absolutely. With a class. And all I wanted was a, the function inside the class that actually did the thing I wanted. Like, hey, can I get to this route or not? And now they offer a, an additional way, uh, in addition to the class-based ones uh, for guards to do functional routing guards. And I've seen in a few places now they're actually allowing, it's not that they're switching completely to functional programming, kind of like React allows you to do, but there's a few key places where they're now introducing functional programming as an option. Uh, and the code that I all converted over to it, I actually really liked it. I found I it a too. lot simpler to read and less lines of code. So to me, that was a good new change that was being there. Yeah, for me, that's what it comes down to, John. I mean, I, I, I my, my take on... Uh, any proposal uh, or, or any any framework is, does it make it easier to read and write? Most importantly, read. Yeah. Uh, does it you know does it simplify what I ha what how much I have to say in order to get something done? And every time I see uh, that I have to learn more and write more in order to get something done, I don't. You know, I, I have an allergic reaction. And every time uh, something gets easier, looks easier and easier to teach and so forth, I say, yeah, that's a good move. Um, now, that's not the only criterion, but man, that's way up at the top of my criterion for evaluating a framework or evaluating a change to a framework. Do you guys kind of have that same instinct? I totally agree. Uh, have you guys seen, I just used it uh, a couple nights ago. Have you seen the new uh, route param to uh, input property mapping that they now yes. have in yeah. 16? 
Like that word sums up what you just said. Cause I used it the other night. And I went, Oh my gosh. Cause you know, I always had to look up. It was like, you know, inject the what activated route or something like that. And then yep, yep, get yep. to the pram map. And then you could either subscribe or you could just grab a snapshot. I mean, there's just and all you these just want to get a freaking things. value out of the route. <laughs> exactly. And you just, it's like the dance you had to do was so ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Now, literally, you, you know, I, I think mine was called type, my uh, route param. So, you know, in my route, I have the colon type. And then all I had to do was put at input type, you know, colon string, and then I give it a default value. That was it. It mapped it perfectly. And I don't have to check. I don't have to subscribe. It just does it. So really nice. That makes a really big difference. Um, I mean, it seems like a small thing, but I mean, that yep. direction makes a big difference. And that's that's when I read the, that uh, built-in control flow syntax. You know, uh, uh, I don't mind in the least that it completely uh, takes over. You know, I'll know more star NGF and all that other stuff that I'm used to after all these years. Happy to say bye-bye. Bring me this because uh, it looks so much cleaner. It's so much easier to read. It'll be so much easier to explain to people. Uh, so it's not that I'm a get off my lawn person. Uh, it's this. And so I'm all for it. Now, these things are important. Usability is a big thing. I mean, you know, I've been on my horse for a long time on this board too, even the show. I love Angular, but that's my biggest issue with it is it's hard for me to teach it sometimes because the dance that you have to do. And I do feel like this will make it easier. Are you building a web application? Need to deliver it soon and don't have the people to do it? Maybe you're not sure your company has the skill set or experience to do it. And maybe we can help. I'm your host, Ward Bell, and my day job is building applications for companies like yours. I don't do it alone. I'm president of IdeaBlade, a consultancy that specializes in enterprise web application development. We're particularly strong in Angular, RxJS, and GRX Redux on the front end, and .NET Microsoft technologies on the server. We're a small, tight-knit group of people handpicked by me for their expertise, experience, integrity, and team spirit. Maybe we can help you with architectural guidance and hands-on development. And if there's something we don't know, and in our field, really, there's too much to know, we can draw on our personal connections in the Microsoft RD, MVP, and Google GDE networks, as well as our international circle of really great developers, people we know and trust personally. If you've got a project that's keeping you up at night, Shoot us an email at info at ideablade.com. That's info at ideablade.com. And now back to the show. The other thing that happened there, and I'm kind of running through various stuff. This was not really Angular. And I'm going to, you know, I work for Microsoft and I love GitHub Copilot. We talked about this before. But one of the biggest things I saw as a big change here, too, is using AI to write Angular is actually making things easier too. Like even in the workshop that Dan and I did, we were showing people how to use GitHub Copilot and some of the reason chat GPT as well, but how to use GitHub Copilot specifically to write Angular code. So, you know, what you normally would do is go search for how do I do, how do I create uh, an RxJS statement that does an HTTP call that will retry itself three times with a delay of four seconds between each try and also handle errors gracefully. And trying to figure out what that syntax is for RxJS is, you know, go to Stack Overflow, look at the Angular docs, look at the RxJS docs, call Ward on the phone, you know, have somebody else look at the code. And to use AI tools to actually help you find that and give you the starting foundation for it, uh, and not just for that scenario, but for many scenarios, 
also commenting code. I saw people using that a lot now too, where they're like, they would highlight code with Get a Copilot and just type in explain this. I mean, how many times have you looked at code you wrote yesterday, Ward? <laughs> You're like, what was I doing over here? You know, and <laughs> it's like to actually have it explain it to you in real words or debug it, fix this code. It's not working. Um, so the AI injection of actually helping us write Angular was a big, big feature that I saw people talking about, uh, including the Angular team. Yeah, Ward, you know, all those RxJS talks you've given. That's it. I'm out of business. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, out of business. no, you're not out of business, <laughs> but it would have been a phenomenal demo because you always had such a great way of explaining it. I remember you had those uh, little demo scenarios for each operator. Yeah. But the ability to go into like GitHub chat, John, John did this actually and say, hey, what the heck is this? You know, explain this to me. It was pretty, pretty cool. Um, and it, it nailed it. I mean, it, so even did you those. Did you dematerialize and materialize? <laughs> no, I did not do that one. <laughs> That's our favorite. Like, what the what? What the what? <laughs> I know. Material. That's till every time I see that, think of that, it's like Avengers, like Thanos, you know. Yeah. That's his operator. <laughs> but John did do one. Uh, John, tell tell the the Star Trek Star Wars uh, story real quick for Ward's benefit, because you know we know how much he loves Star Wars. Yeah, I, I did ask Copilot. Uh, you know, because you can ask it any prompt you want. You basically just do a comment, then you type Q colon uh, right in your code. And say comment, Q Collins, and you can ask it a question. So I asked it this. And, and I, like a good interviewer, I don't like asking yes or no questions. So I go, which is better, Star Trek or Star Wars, and why? <laughs> and its answer was immediate, Ward. Immediate. It said Star uh-huh. Wars because it is. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Well, that's persuasive. Uh, as persuasive as it could be. So my follow-up on that word was, okay, because it, it channeling my inner word, <laughs> I channel my inner word here. I go, because um, there's a conversation. So Copilot was cool. It's like, you don't, when you go Google something or you go to Stack Overflow, you ask it a question. And if you don't get the answer you need, what do you do? You rephrase the question in a better way. Well, with Copilot, I got most of my answer. I wasn't happy with it because it is. So I asked it a follow-up question. And I don't have to rephrase the whole thing. It remembers the question you asked. It's part of the conversation. So I then asked, okay, that's nice, but why is it better? And then this time it responded back because I can't imagine myself, I can't, I don't want to live in a world where keyboards are required. <laughs> it's, 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 it's in the future. Star Trek's got keyboards all over the place. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, it was all you know, fun and games, but it was just neat to see how you can have a conversation with this thing uh, and build up there. And that's to, to me, that's that's a game changer because when you're writing code. And you ask a question and you get part of the answer on Stack Overflow or Google or wherever you're going. That's nice. But sometimes you're like, this is 80% of what I need. I need that. Take me over the, the finish line. Yep. Having that conversation was so incredibly helpful. Yes. It's, and that, as you saw, it was so incredibly helpful, John. It gave you a nonsense this answer <laughs> to, a, to a, a, a choice. Imagine it was something that you really needed to know the answer to. By the way, I did ask it not on stage, but offline word. I asked it, who are the most, um, something like who are the most popular speakers at NGConf over the years? 
And your name did come up on the list. So uh, it was very sad to see that you weren't there. I actually go, but Ward Bell wasn't at NG Comp this year. And it wrote back, yes, he was. So it was arguing <laughs> with me <laughs> that you were actually at the conference. <laughs> so it definitely was hallucinating. Uh, the hallucination. Yep. <laughs> well, I would have liked to have been. So there, so there was a lot to actually substantive to talk about at this conference, it sounds like. I, I must admit I'm looking forward to the videos uh, because you've named like three or four things that transform, whether you like them or not, they transform right. what decisions you make about how to implement everyday programming, solve everyday impl- uh, programming problems in Angular. Yeah, in, in the keynote, like I'm looking at a synopsis here and I put this in the show notes, um, the Angular team, Mikko Kachev, so their DevRel manager, said that, we, here's what we covered in the keynote. Signals, they cover the latest stuff there. Uh, improvements on hydration for your code, which is which is interesting for how you're pulling things out. Mm-hmm. The new RFCs they put out for the template syntax and one for declarative lazy loading, which we didn't talk about yet. Right. Um, so that was a new thing announced. And they're focused on stability and reliability. And to me, in the past, Ward, the big difference was the last couple of years, pretty much the only thing they talked about was the stability and reliability piece, which is, you want that, but that's kind of like, to me, par for the course. I expect React, Angular, and these frameworks to be focusing on making their engines better and more secure and reliable. But I also expect, give me something new. Make my life better. And that's what I liked out of this year is that they're, whether you like the new features or not, it's apparent that the team is really making a, a good effort. And they call it this Angular renaissance. They're making an effort to change the perception, the development experience. And for that, I applaud the entire team for doing it. So do we have time for my uh, instinctual reaction to this signals thing? Because it bothers me. I Yeah, man, I want to hear, I want the entire audience to hear. How it bothers you. Your gut reaction and why you have to take Tums every morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, look, I like everybody who's involved in it and... I take them all seriously, and I'm not passing final judgment. You know, I've been looking over why do it at all. And so I go back to the RFC, and it's in our show notes. And there's a bullet, there's a list of bullet points. But so far as I can see, the, the, and in everything I've read, it's in a, it's, there's some sense that zones, which is the native way in which uh, Angular detects changes and updates the uh, component tree. There's something that really bothers people about that. Uh, And to me, that is the thing that makes, zones is what makes Angular different from anything else and which makes it, believe it or not, easier to write than anything else, any other framework out there. Now, uh, there's lots of other things that Angular does today. Or do you think anybody actually knows what Zones is? Okay, Zones. Zones is this secret sauce in Angular. What it does is it sits there and says, I, you don't have to know when something happens in the DOM. I'll tell you. I'm going to go in there and patch into everything that the browser can do that might indicate that something changed at a really l- low level. So uh, it taps into, I mean, it, we'll use the word tap. It's nice, taps into. Um, 
you know, the uh, of course, if you make a uh, XLR call, X, XHLR, you know, we make a, a, a call to the server. Of course, it taps into however you would hook into a DOM event. And so you just look over. It turns out that there are a handful, 10 maybe, of things that the DOM does which capture a change either by the user or by um or by the some you know the system going out and doing something and if you knew that when, when you can tap into that and know that those changed then you know that it's time to do a change detection cycle and see if you need to redraw the the um um re-roll the dom now if Angular is doing that for you with zones, then you don't have to listen for that. You don't have, you know, this is the value in, in Angular. You don't have to take steps to be aware of these changes so that you can tell the framework, hey, it's time to potentially redraw. It'll just do it for you. So you get on with the business of writing your app, writing your components. That is huge. Uh, if if uh, with every other framework, let's go in, you know going all the way back to Knockout, you ha- and certainly with Signals, you have to pay attention. You have to go in there and um, figure out that something has changed, and then tell the framework that it changed. There are various helpers for that, but you have to do it. Angular, you don't. Now. I'm going to take us all back. Do you remember Knockout when we used to have to write all the getters and setter properties in order to trigger, you know, to signal that things had changed? That was how, how Knockout worked. And I say use the word signal because it's exactly, you know, it's very similar to signals in that regard. You're changing essentially how properties work. And loved it. Wrote a lot of great stuff with it. And then along comes Angular. And I said, why the heck would I go to Angular? Knockout is the top dog here. It works. It's got all this, this stuff built into it. But the, the thing that was that Angular said, you're never going to have to know when that changes. We'll find out for you. You'll never have to write. That means you don't have to write any custom properties or, or uh, that you had to do for Knockout. You know, we'll just do it. And I said, oh, come on. There's magic there. Uh, and then I looked to see what the magic was and what it did. It was, it just kept iterating over, uh, uh, you know, look, you know, it would have this big loop where it would look to see if the Dom had changed. And then it, when the Dom stopped changing, it was done. And I thought, Oh, come on, that can't work. But it suddenly we discovered that it could, it wasn't, you know, yeah. I mean, you thought you know, the performance would go to hell, but performance was Good enough. And immediately, of all the code that we used to have to write, went away. All right. So people just flocked, left knockout like crazy, went right to Angular, said this was great. Okay. So fast forward now. Uh, the move to the next version of Angular, the Angular we know, is to Zones, which did the same thing, but uh, it did something different, but it was more performant. Because it tapped into the way the DOM changes things, it no longer had to do that iterate, 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 all right, which had potential performance problems, which did have performance problems if you're, if you had enough bindings going on, that went away. 
We no longer had to do that. So once again, we get this incredible simplicity of the, you know, just put your binding in there and don't worry about it. Just bind to a property, don't worry about it. And it made that part of Angular easy. Here we are going backwards, in my view, to make you, the developer, have to write all this stuff to know when things change. That, that's, that's just, you're just walking away from the one area in which Angular is simpler than every other framework. And that makes me nervous. Um, now, everybody knows that Angular is very complicated, but where it's complex, where it's complicated and hard to learn is everywhere else except in zones. Zones is the one thing that, that you, you don't even have to know it's there. You know, yep. uh, so when that, people talk about how, how hard Angular is to learn, it ain't that. It ain't that. Right. Using Setting up value for, to, be, to put this in simple context, setting a value for first name and last name and knowing that the change is going to happen and be updated in your app was not a problem or a struggle. It was very easy to do in Angular. And super, super relating easy. this to Vue, when Vue 2 had that, Vue 2 was very simple to do it. Now Vue 2 introduces re the reactive models and the reactive expressions. And Angular's got these new ones as well with signals, very similar syntax. It's arguably more complicated because now you have to write code. Your first name isn't a first name anymore. It's not a scalar no. value. You wrap it with something. It's now an object that's wrapped in a conundrum, in a pita, in a taco that you have to unwrap. Right. And, and it's not arguable, John. It is more complicated. Is it read only or not read only? Then you got to write a Saturday. You got to do this and you got to do that. And there's a whole new syntax for it. And it's like, so what did we get? Is Were zones that bad? Are zones that bad? And I want to say, I, I'm looking, I don't know why. They, they're not that bad in my experience, except in little places. And in those little places, yeah. you can say, you know what? This is I'm stepping outside the zone. I think that's fair. So I, I, that's the discussion we had, Ward. So you know, I, I think it's a good point, and I don't want to. I think we've beat it up on all the angles. What I'll do is wrap up with this one. On is, I, I think Dan and I we've talked about this a lot too. We agree with you. I don't think we're as hardcore on it as you are, uh, uh, as far as not liking it yet. But I don't see a reason to use it yet. And I do think people should kick the tires, see where it goes. But the piece I took away was not the feature. It was that this discussion wouldn't even be happening a year or two or three ago with Angular. They wouldn't even think about introducing a new way of doing stuff for the most part. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic. But I really like you know what Sarah Drasner, Minko Gachev, and so many of the other people on those teams are doing these days at Angular. I like that they're looking at other frameworks and I actually just linked to one of the tweets that Sarah put up where somebody commented on one of the RCs going, hey, this syntax looks like Svelte. And I like that. And Sarah's like, yeah, we're, we're looking at ways to make Angular easier and better. Now, whether that'll happen or not, I think is extremely open to suggestion. But I like that they're heading in that direction. It's no longer, how can we make the compiler faster? It's how can we change Angular to make it uh, more fun, easier, better development experience, yada, yada? How can we make Ward happy? That's that's their new goal. Totally on board. What And, so, uh, and I love that they're doing this too. And I, I love that they're exploring signals. My, my concern, 
is that people will just parrot these justifications for doing that, you know, right? Without thinking, oh, we got to get rid of zones. Why? Yeah, because they heard it yeah, somewhere. You don't want, you know, they, I've seen it already. They heard it somewhere. I've seen it already. Yes. Right. This is the new way to do things, really. Uh, um, you know, uh, so, um, and I don't blame the team necessarily for that. Although I look over the, they don't justify any of this stuff either. Uh, but at least there's, there's a sort of a willingness to, to, to talk about that, that you see in the RFCs and some of that stuff, but it kind of yep. disappears from the community. And so, um, the thing to keep our eye on, uh, uh, you know, if you're a listener is every time you hear about some advantage, to something like, you know, immutability. I read the uh, just a, a couple of minutes ago. Oh, immutability, it, you know, mutable things. That's an anti pattern or that's it's like, what really says who? All right. So you you got when you hear these justifications, you you really is a when you hear them, you got to ask yourself, is it true for me for where is it true? Is it even true? Um, and that's what we're going to continue to do on this podcast. Um, with every framework, <laughs> with everything that comes along, we're the people that are going to say, you know what? Yep. You may have heard this, but is it true? And maybe it is. And maybe it's nuanced. Every conspiracy theory will be explored. Is that what you're saying, Ward? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only good conspiracy theory is my conspiracy theory. That's right. <laughs> We've had a lot of good conversation here and given our, our thoughts on this, but I'm going to wrap up with one thing that I thought was interesting too is uh, I got, I made a YouTube video at NGConf, I think it was a year ago, where it was like a five minute conversation about what if Angular didn't have these things? And I got thrashed by a couple of YouTube comments, which is pretty par for the course on, oh my gosh, can you imagine why would anybody ever not have, I don't know, what, like what was it? It was HTTP client with uh, Angular. Why wouldn't they? Because I suggested, what if you just use Fetch, like the Fetch library or Axios? I mean, why have a special Angular version of HTTP? Mm -hmm. Or what if you didn't have uh, uh, modules anymore, ng modules uh, and all this stuff? And I thought it was just really felt, made me feel good, Dan, going to the conference and seeing standalone modules exactly. are now baked into Angular. Components. Yeah. So you don't have to yeah. have, sorry, standalone components. You don't have to have modules anymore. It's like, thank you. So, Which I love, by the way. I was not convinced. I was actually, when I first saw it, I'm like, no. Now, I'm like, yes. It just simplifies so much. Hey, Ward, I appreciate you having this conversation with us, too, because I know you, you didn't get to go this year. Uh, we all missed you there. Dan and I, wow, we've been at every NG comp then. I guess we're one of the few people now. <laughs> you just jumped off that ship, so... Uh, it is a fun conference, but also I'm also aware that when you go to a conference, you're going to a conference where people love that thing. So I think that's why there was so much signals, love and everything else, too. Uh, you're getting the hardcore folks who are there. And that's not representative of the entire community. But it's still fun to meet with people. It was good to be in person. And we got some great yeah. conversations that were there. Hey, y'all, I thank you both for doing this one. We'll do more of these, too, Ward. We'll have more of these conversations about what's going on with Angular. And I'd love to hear more about the RFCs that are out there. We didn't get the declarative law, declared, sorry, deferred loading RFC, but I dropped that into the doc, too. So we can talk about that in the future. Some other new features coming out. Thank you for all of our sponsors keeping us on the air. Ward for Idea Blade, for Narwhal, and for AG Grid. And thank you all for listening to us to yet another week of WebRush. See you next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>